What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Impact Defense Podcast. This is episode 117, and we're going to be discussing privacy and why it's important. You know, like, I don't understand. Why is privacy important? The more my phone knows about me, the better it knows what to advertise to me so I can purchase things online. And, you know, I just like that personal relationship with my phone and devices. (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that. (laughs) We're joined today by Thomas Tedder, a good friend of mine. Uh, We actually went to school together. He is in IT, and and we've had plenty of conversations about privacy and internet security and all these different things. And I thought, you know, it would be a great, great idea to bring you on today to kind of discuss that. Well, thank you. Um, Never actually been on a podcast before. I've been on the other side of the table recording. Mm. Uh, So this is kind of a new experience for me. Yeah, several people that we've had on has been a new experience for. I I started out like my first foray. I was a guest on a podcast first and then say, hey, let's just start this thing. So before we move on, though, we need to discuss the official fuel of impact, Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee! (laughs) This is our patriotic blend. Yes, yes, yes. Betsy's blend. That's what we're drinking today. It is... Blueberries. Blueberries. Raspberries, <laughs> blueberries, and white chocolate. Uh, yeah, I knew what it was. I just can't speak sometimes. Do you feel like the correct order is raspberry, white chocolate, and blueberry? Oh, yeah. That's why I even started with raspberry. Red, white, and blue. Yes. So, yeah, Betsy's Blend. We've discussed it many, many times. I'm not really a big fan of fruity coffees until Blackout Coffee, and I've really enjoyed it. It's not, it's not my favorite my absolute favorite, but I like it. I really like it. I think I probably like it better than anybody else at the table at the moment, right? I'm drinking it, and, and I've never had anything like that before. Yeah. So this is a very new experience for me with raspberries, blueberries in my coffee. Yeah. I did not process what you said correctly, and I thought you said you liked your coffee more than any of the people at the table. <laughs> and so I was just a little confused for a moment. Well, I was I mean, like, but, well, okay. But that's at the norm. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> If I have to choose between talking to people in a day and drinking coffee, it's going to be choosing between coffee. <laughs> but anyway, if you guys want to try out that flavor or any other of the awesome flavors that they have, go over to impactgear.live slash coffee. If you are there, you can use the coupon code impact defense to get you 10% off. But if they have a sale going on, you can't use the coupon code and that's perfectly fine. Just make sure you go over to impactgear.live slash coffee. So jumping into our part of our podcast here, Thomas, why, why is privacy important to begin with? I'll, I'll say that in my line of work, I'm, I'm an IT manager, and with a lot of our staff from time to time, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of start having that conversation. Uh, or what's probably the more honest way to say that is I'll start the conversation. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I'll, I'll hear what some of the folks are doing. And, and a lot of times, a privacy conversation, in my experience, can't start un- until, I, I guess, both parties in the conversation agree that it's something worth speaking about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of times when I bring up privacy and, and, and kind of like what, what Jada was jokingly alluding to earlier is, is the level of privacy we've given up with the technology we carry with us on our hip and our purse, everything like that every day. You know, you know most people just aren't concerned. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of it has to, has to do with we have been conditioned to not be concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the companies, entities, uh, folks like that who are very interested mm-hmm. in our personal information in our in our what we would consider our private lives mm-hmm. uh, have done a very good job 
of convincing us that we have nothing to hide, right? Right. You know, right. Are, are you taking part in illegal activities? Are yeah. you taking part in illicit activities? Do you have something to hide? And and so that's kind of become a, um, I don't know, something cultural where we want to clearly and loudly express to everyone else around us, I have nothing to hide. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the subject of an investigation. Right, I'm not right. somebody you should be looking at as, as being deceptive or uh, you know, engaging in illegal activities. And but, they sweeten the deal by, in our uh, instant gratification culture, making it way more convenient to give up your privacy. Right, <laughs> right, right. right, right. And, and so when I have these conversations with folks, and, and like I said, I'm, I'm usually the instigator mm-hmm. because I start seeing issues. Uh, when it comes to privacy, even with nothing to hide, that doesn't mean you don't have something worth protecting still. Right. And that usually, usually a light bulb goes off in that conversation. I begin to explain that, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not doing anything illegal. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking part in illicit activities. But that doesn't mean I want to post my driver's license number, home address, mm-hmm. social security number, my credit card numbers, my bank information, bank accounts, things like that. I don't want to post all the passwords to all the sites that I visit online, right. to my Amazon account, to my bank account, to, to all those things, just because I don't have anything to hide. And I, and I believe that 99% of people in this country don't have anything to hide. They're right. not doing any little right. things, and that, that's good. But that doesn't mean you still don't have information that's worth protecting. Right. And that's in real life and in your digital life. Yeah. You know, people a lot of times uh, panic, and they should, as soon as they realize their wallet's been stolen. Mm-hmm. My purse has been stolen. Oh, hurry and call, you know, cancel all my credit cards. Call the bank. You know, what do I do with the personal information that was in there that may not be financial? Because, you know, people steal identities right. all the time. <laughs> Privacy is a concern in the physical world. I mean, you know, people are usually concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But what they don't realize is you're taking a lot of that same information that's in your purse and that's in your wallet, and you're freely giving it to a website so that you can get a coupon code. Yeah. You know? You're Along freely- with a, like a, a geo marker as to where you are and where you're located yeah. and everything, yeah. too. Yeah. So I like to usually start that privacy conversation by trying to convince that person, get them out of that cultural mentality or, or the stigma of, oh, I don't have anything to hide. Don't, don't. Don't look at me as if I'm doing something wrong mm-hmm. by wanting to protect my information. I won't protect my information. That way I can show the world that, you know, I'm, I'm innocent yeah. and, and I'm not a threat and I'm not whatever. And I think that's the wrong mentality. And I, and I think that has come from companies, entities, you know, what have you, sort of uh, stigmatizing that desire for privacy, that mm-hmm. desire for you know, keeping your personal life personal and, yeah. and not having to share everything about you with everybody. Yeah. I actually had a conversation and this has been a little while back and they asked me, so what's your problem with, you know, this thing over here? And I said, well, I think they have been in trouble so many times for like taking your information and then turn around and then, you know, they, they build a dossier essentially on you. And, uh, the guy honestly did look at me like that and go like, kind of like Jada was joking at the beginning. says, but listen, you know, I would much rather just, you know, have ads that I actually care about. And I mean, that was, that was the response. I was like, I mean, what are they really going to do? I mean, I would much rather at least them give me ads that I care about than to see ads that I don't care anything about. Yeah, like how, how do you how do you respond to that? Because that kind of, I mean, it kind of goes back to there's there's got to be buy in to begin with. Yeah. When when it comes to privacy, you, you, let's not get political yet. Um, <laughs> uh, one one other thing that that you know I, I always sort of try to use to to explain to people why their their privacy matters is that we have so many of these services online 
you have your Facebooks, your Gmails, your everything that's free, mm-hmm. you know, and it's given for free, and we get a lot of nice stuff for free. Mm-hmm. But as with all things, if it's free, you're the product being sold right. at that point. You know, Gmail, they're looking through all of your email. And, and I mean, I've got a Gmail account. But, I mean, they're, they're looking through all your email. They're, they're seeing where you're getting emails from, the things that interest you. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? What are you responding to? And, and they're building those profiles on you. They, they know the things that interest you. They know what you like. And then in turn, they sell. They don't sell that. I don't, well, Google states they don't sell that information to third parties, and I don't think they do. It's their golden goose. But Google has all that information that they then can in turn go to companies and say, hey, look, we can make sure your advertisement hits the right people because right. we have that information. Yeah. We know who likes product A and product B and widget C. We yeah. know who likes that. And, and that's, that's why Google is so profitable. It is their search, but it is their advertising is why they're so profitable. Right. Because they can drop those ads right in front of your browser mm-hmm. or right in front of you while you're looking at your browser that follow what you've been searching online for days, what you've been reading in your email, what, you know, you've, you've been looking at on Facebook if you're using the Chrome browser, you know, right. they're, they're tracking everything. Yeah. And yeah, that does give a more personalized experience, but at, at what cost? Yeah. You know, I kind of argue, you know, if you're driving around and your phone dinks and says, hey, I've got a 5% coupon to this coffee shop that's nearby that you didn't know about. Mm-hmm. Well, they know you like coffee. They know where you are. Do they know where else you were? And once again, I'm not doing anything illegal right. or illicit, but I would feel very uncomfortable with you following behind me everywhere <laughs> I go yeah. and just watching. Yeah. Well, that's what these companies are doing. Yeah. And so we give up that privacy. We give up that right to just you know, exist in a country that you know, still, still has a constitution. Yeah. We give up that right for a 5% discount <laughs> on a, a $3 cup of coffee that we wind up hating. Yeah. You know, we're still just kind of talking about the benign side of your digital life no longer being private or giving up so much privacy, I should say, with your digital life. You know, we're hitting the benign side of where you're just, you're getting useful suggestions. You're getting yeah. useful yeah. this. We're not, we're not getting into where they're building profiles on you to actually sell to other interested entities that you may not want to know, you right. know where you live and where you've been and what interests you. Yeah. Um, or if it leaks, you know, forget about whether a legitimate company gathering all this information on you is going to use it legitimately to send you your coffee coupon. Yeah. I mean, what if it leaks out? What if the people who completely disagree with your lifestyle suddenly know where you frequent? Mm-hmm. That's reality. Yeah, that's that, true. that can happen. And by allowing all these companies to continue to collect this data on us, even from a young age, I'm going to assume Kylie is not fully vested into the digital world like you and I are. Right. But I promise you, Facebook's, I mean, she may already have a Facebook profile, but if she didn't, she's, Facebook's already got a profile on her. Yeah. Because you know, yeah. Facebook does the whole, and you know, it's almost like uh, Ancestry.com. They do the whole family tree. Yeah. You start taking pictures of yourself with your kid, and they realize this. You know, anyway, we'll, we'll get into that probably later. <laughs> but, but yeah. Well, no, and, and we've discussed this. You know, at one point in time, Kyla was like, Dad, I want to Instagram. Dad, I want Instagram. Because all of her friends were on Instagram. And then the more we have learned and the more that we have done stuff in this realm and in self-defense and finding out how sometimes people are using social media to track people and on all of this other stuff, Kylie's like, I don't think I want it. Yeah. You know? It's so like as far it. as your social media now is essentially what? Pinterest and Bible app. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah. I remember when when Twitter released. Gosh, has it been a decade? Has it been that? I mean, it's. Uh, I'm not sure. And I'm, the only reason I'm saying that is because I remember, man, it's been over a decade. Because I remember in um, my wife and I, when we first moved in our house, I tweeted one time, and it's new. Twitter was new, and it's really just your friends following you. Mm-hmm. Tweeted, well, going outside to mow. Afterwards, I realized, how stupid is that? <laughs> why, why do they care if I'm going outside? Why should they care if I'm yeah. going outside to mow? I don't care that they go out to mow. Why do I do that? <laughs> you know, social media is great for a lot of us that have, have uh, family, friends that are just a long distance away. It, it's great to, to sort of help keep those bonds a, a little more current, a little more uh, recent, to help mm. us see what's going on in our everyday life. The problem is what social media was a decade ago is not what social media is today. Yeah. A decade ago, it was, you know, a fun place to go and, and just keep everybody up to date. You know, here's, here's the grandbaby, his <laughs> second birthday. You know, grandma from California couldn't make it to the East Coast. Right. So the social media at one time was, was a really, really fun thing for us. It didn't take long of the corruptibility of man to, to sort of jump in, and maybe it's right off the bat, and I'm just too naive, <laughs> but it didn't take long for social media to really begin to try its best to profit mm-hmm. off of learning as much as it can or, or could off of us, even with, as Jada alluded to earlier, you know, tracking you on your phone and everywhere you go and everything you do. The other week, I had someone at work and I've heard this story many times. It's just, I heard it again a few weeks ago. Individual at work said they were on a, a trip, car trip with the family. And, and one of the adult kids suddenly piped up and said, my phone, I don't know what app they were in, but said, my phone just started advertising to me the things that we were just talking about in our car trip. And I've never searched for this stuff before. Yeah. What is that? And he came to me saying, is that just coincidence? And I was like, there's always a chance for coincidence. Yeah. But probably not in this case. I yeah. said, you know, when, when you start putting all these apps on your phones and things, you're giving it access to your contact, to your uh, GPS radio. You're giving it access to the phone app, to the microphone app, to mm-hmm. record this, that, and the other. So, yeah, you are being tracked. Yeah. They are doing who knows what with it because we really don't know. Yeah. I may have mentioned this once on the podcast before, but like we had, we were sitting down and watching Shark Tank one day and Julie was scrolling Facebook at the same time. And there was this company that we had never heard of advertising or not advertising, but talking about pitching their children's clothing line that were like for little kids. And this was not long ago. So Kylie is past that point. So it's not like any of that, but she's just like scrolling and about, I don't know, two, three minutes after their section went off and they start talking about something else, all of a sudden an ad comes rolling across for that very particular company that we had never heard of. And it was like, I told her, I said, yeah, yeah. I said, this is, this is exactly what we've been talking about, you know, with all of this. Well, I mean, it was the same for uh, my dad. He was looking for a very specific instrument or talking about a very specific instrument. I don't know if you guys know what a cajon is, but it's just kind of a box that the different sides you hit make okay. a different sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, you know, kind of like the drums. It's just a, a beat setting instrument. It's that, it's that little... Uh, Essentially, the percussion instrument that you sit on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's not a normal instrument yeah, <laughs> uh, or just a normal thing to talk about in like regular conversation or to search for. And he had not searched for it on his phone yet, but he was sitting there. It was just one conversation of, yeah, we need to get another one of those because we're having trouble keeping the band on stage on beat. So we need to get a new cajon. And then he's scrolling on his phone later that day. And there is an advertisement as he scrolls through Facebook yeah. for a cajon. And he was just like, well, I'm getting a new phone. And... <laughs> redoing the privacy settings um, but not that it really does any good but yeah that's because that's information facebook has not information that mm-hmm. is phone necessarily i mean it's what he what he gives access to facebook on and that's what immediately we do it through on julie well, like app. i said he hadn't even looked it up it was just words if i'm on the facebook app my assumption is they're listening to whatever's going on around me if i've got that open if the Facebook app is on your phone running, even in the background, you need to assume. Yeah. That, I mean, not even like open and you're, you're fiddling around yeah, with yeah. it. Just if it's running in the, the background, background then, yeah. 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 The amount of data that I see going in and out of our company devices, because um, we have a lot of uh, company phones, it is tremendous the amount of data that is going in and out of phones all day with devices that have the official Facebook app installed. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking, and I, and, I, and I work with people that I do trust, and I'll, I'll go up and talk to them because at one point we were having to pay large amounts for data, and I would go talk to them, what are you doing? And we'd go digging. Uh, like, if they had an iPhone, it's kind of easy to see the amount of data used per app, which mm. is pretty pretty neat on an iPhone. And in all these cases, it was Facebook just using 20, 30 gig a month of data yeah. on a smartphone over cellular. Mm. And, you know, they say, well, I'm not sitting in my office all day on Facebook. I'm like, oh, but it's running, doing something. Yeah. You know? Which is one of my big suggestions to everybody is never use the official apps. If you just have to have Facebook, if you have to have uh, Twitter, you know, what have you, don't use the official apps. Yeah. Yeah. Bookmark uh, it and leave the bookmark on your screen. Yeah. Or, I mean, there's some decent, um, I actually made a note, there's some decent alternatives. Like for Facebook, for Android, and this is what I got on my phone because I'm like, and the only reason I have Facebook, because I, I, this was like the first year I did not get on Facebook to thank everybody for my happy birthday wishes. Mm. My, my Facebook activity for years was being reminded by my wife or somebody else that everybody on Facebook has probably wished you happy birthday. And I'd get on there and make my one post each yeah. year of happy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, thank you, everybody. And I would forget about Facebook. That's why I took I'm, my birthday off of Facebook. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> um, like, well, I probably ought to do that. I haven't deleted my Facebook profile, though, because I am an admin for the work profile. Right. I, I should go back. What, what I was talking about was alternative apps for some of the social media applications. And, and what you do with these alternative apps, they're, they're not running all the time. They're basically a fancy web browser. Okay. So and that's what you're talking about with a bookmark. Yeah. Uh, but they kind of go one step beyond just a mobile interface on your phone's web browser and, and try to tweak it just a little more. So it's more of a purpose-built browser just for that website. Okay. And, and real quick, since we're on topic of it, for Facebook, you got alternatives on Android. It's called Metal for Facebook, M-E-T-A-L. I guess they're playing off the whole meta thing with how mm-hmm. Facebook has changed their name. For iPhone, you got Friendly. For Facebook, I put that on a lot of uh, phones at work, friendly for Facebook. Twitter, um, for Android, you've got, well, it's actually the same app for Android and iPhone on Twitter. You've got Fritter, and that's uh, F as in Frank, R as in Romeo, Fritter, like an apple fritter. And as far as uh, Instagram and TikTok go, just don't. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, I heard Those, that uh, like, like toward the end of last year. TikTok was banned from all government uh, devices. Yeah. And I don't know if that was U.S. government or if that was the state government or what that was exactly, but it was all, all government devices banned 
I think it may have been the U.S. government devices banned Twitter or not Twitter, um, TikTok. Uh, TikTok. But you know the guys that I was listening to talking about that, they were saying you know Facebook collects just as much data as TikTok does. But the only reason that they they banned TikTok was because it's a Chinese owned company Correct. as opposed Correct. to like an American owned company. There's your other concern is is what other business partnerships do these companies have with other countries? You know we've talked earlier about oh my gosh they got all my GPS data they know I like coffee now. Yeah. Well, who else gets that data? Okay, well, does the coffee advertisers get it? Okay, oh, big whoop, coffee advertisers get it. it it's kind of a known fact that if you operate, if, if you have a, a business, an online business, like a Facebook, like a Twitter, Twitter like, like whoever, and you operate online in other countries, you have offices in other countries, you have to share X amount of data, X amount of information, X amount of whatever with that country's government. Mm. Uh, China is a a known entity that requires any company doing business in their country physically, like in an office, mm. you got to let the government come in and look and see and do what they want. Yeah. So now you've got the concern of, okay, well, China's got a hook into Facebook. China's got a hook into all these companies. Yeah. What does China know about us? You know, it's not always about, does the coffee company know about me? Is the coffee coming to get me? Yeah. You know, they're not. But now it's a matter of, okay, well, these same websites, these same services that we're using for free, because we're the product, who are they having to give this information to? Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? You know, a lot of people say, well, I trust the U.S. government. Well, every four years, half the country does and the other half doesn't. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> Next four years, well, now we flip-flop. Now, you know. Yeah. And, and so should you really trust any of these governments? Yeah. At any time, and I believe no. I, I think a good example, and this is something that I, that I wanted to bring up. Maybe I've made my own segue into it. In November, Eufy, it's a brand of video camera that's E-U-F-Y, mm -hmm. had a huge vulnerability come out. Or, or a vulnerability come out about them, I should say. They didn't release it. A researcher did. A security researcher released it. Uh, one of the big selling points of the Eufy line of cameras was nothing is stored in the cloud. Nothing yeah. is transmitted back to the cloud. Which the cloud is just a buzz term. The cloud only means somebody else's server that right, you access right. through the internet. It's not some magical place. It's just another computer that you get to through the internet. And so Eufy's big, I don't know, marketing marketing thing was that none of your stuff is, is, is leaving your network. It's not leaving your house. It's not leaving your device if you don't want it to. Now, they right. had cloud services, but you could turn all that off. Yeah. And what the security researcher found out is, oh, no. They're still sending thumbnails of video screenshots up to the cloud and storing them, mm. and they're running their facial recognition software on it. Mm. And Eufy's owned by Anchor. Anchor is in China. And Eufy's owned by Anchor? Yes. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, I think Eufy is like, I don't know if it's one of those hostile takeovers of another country, kind of a company kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Eufy's owned by Anchor, and Anchor is a Chinese brand. Now you kind of you have a question of, Okay, everybody who's had these cameras in their home, whatnot, and, and they bought for the explicit purpose of being private. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, that's a big thing right now with all these rings and nests and all these kind of video cameras is privacy, where's my data stored, who has access to it. Eufy kind of came out kind of somewhat in defense of what they were doing, saying, well, it was just thumbnails. It wasn't anything major. And, you know, you had to opt into it. But then the security researcher kind of come back around and said, well, you know, anyone has access to this, whether they've agreed to it or not, through the URLs that you guys are leaking out. Or he leaked. Anyway, maybe, maybe I shouldn't say leaked out. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But anyway, through the publicly accessible URLs, if you had those URLs, you could look and see the the thumbnail video footage that also had facial recognition run against it. And, and so, you know, facial recognition is a whole nother privacy discussion mm -hmm. yeah. without maybe your direct consent 
people being able to track where you were, even if you didn't have a phone on you, mm-hmm. um, which then began the big discussion online about, okay, well, how many of these little stores, little, um, little mom and pops just got on Amazon, bought these Ufi cameras, and now against my consent, my face has been captured, facial recognition run on it, and it's now sitting on a server in China somewhere. Right. And that's just one example of uh, privacy extends beyond just what you willingly give out or knowingly give out. We're kind of living in, in a day and age where uh, unless you, you've chosen a life of solitude in the Alaskan wilderness, you probably have no reasonable expectation of privacy anymore. And so the privacy discussion sort of revolves now around trying to make yourself less known to the world, to not willingly and voluntarily giving up so much information about your life. All right, really quick, I have a question because I started going all over the place. Anchor as in A-N-K-E-R mm-hmm. company. Okay. Oh, I should have said that. Yeah, that's kind of, that's Anchor, A-N-K-E-R. Um, I'm sorry, so it's a popular brand on Amazon. A lot of times if yeah, you buy yeah, <laughs> USB chargers, things like that. I'm sitting there going like, oh man, we're screwed because Anchor, the podcasting thing, is sponsors our podcast. Uh, okay. <laughs> we run an ad for that every time. So, all right. <laughs> so no, don't don't drop him, Anchor, <laughs> C-H-O-R, Anchor. Don't drop, don't drop Brian. It's the other Anchor, A-N-K-E-R. That's all right. I just had some minor freak out moments over here. Um, <laughs> I was wondering what you were doing. I, I just kept going. I was like, all right, he's still staring at his computer. I'm just going to keep <laughs> rambling. I, I don't I know, know where to I, go. When I said and downloaded the friendly app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Uh, I was actually making notes of it. So after we get done with this, I want you to kind of go over those again, because I've never actually heard of that. I'll still argue we should just not be doing social media anymore. Well, yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. And, and I've think, I think I've said it on the podcast. If I didn't have this business, I probably wouldn't do social media anymore. I really wouldn't. I just, I, you know, as it is, I barely get on Facebook. At um, this point, my Facebook account is for Messenger because I have certain people that I know that I can only contact through Messenger. And then that is one of the bigger challenges when it, when it comes to being more privacy-minded in the digital world. So much of our digital life now is social. Yes. Not, not just are you on Facebook or not, but yeah. how are you texting other people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. How are you calling other people? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times, if you're going to be the, the privacy-minded individual and I'm going this route, well, suddenly you've got to bring everybody else with you or it ain't mm-hmm. going to work. I know. Yeah. Because you know, everybody else is going to stay on Facebook. They're going to stay on Facebook Messenger and I ain't leaving. You know, when I, when I say, oh, we kind of need to step away from social media, I, I'm, I'm not saying that as, as some kind of, well, you guys know me, I am kind of a non-sociable hermit. I don't really <laughs> care to socialize but i'm not trying to tell other people not to socialize not to i think we as a culture have forgotten what it's like to get together yeah well what okay speaking of that are there decent alternatives do you know and what do you think about like federated social media and stuff like mastodon uh pixel fed uh and, and these things that are decentralized social media type stuff the decentralization is is your login process from my understanding mm-hmm. so your login works in multiple places and I am, I am not a Mastodon guru. I played with it for an afternoon. From my but, understanding, none of the information is all held in one single place. So they can't just go in here and scoop and get all of that information. That's true. But then the problem is when that one place decides we don't have the finances anymore to keep the servers turned on, what happens? You know, your stuff's gone. Or hopefully you, you've got a way to retrieve, move. And once again, I'm not, I'm not purporting to be a Mastodon expert. Right. Federated stuff is, is great for shared logins. 
but you've always got to wonder where's that data being stored and when it's federated it's not most of the time it's not it's not hard to you know sort of be another node to sort of be another entry point they want Mm -hmm. more servers they want more people joining in but then you got to start worrying about well who are all these other people joining in and where is my data you know things like that. Uh, to me, Mastodon's not not really the answer, or that sort of federated you know, whatever. And and billion people out there to shout me down, but but then again, anything <laughs> I love you the say fact on that he the internet, a billion people listen to our podcast. Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, what I'm saying is, I am for more decentralized than than that. Yeah. Uh, I recently, not and I got you on with it was uh, the session. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Messenger. Chat app, messenger mm-hmm. app, whatever you want to call it. Sessions end to end encrypted, which means supposedly nobody in the middle can decrypt and read right. anything. You know, right. you can't find contacts and, and things like that in the session. Right. You have to purposely communicate with that person and, and share basically your, your cryptography key, but your, your session ID mm-hmm. is yeah. what it is. You know, if you're going to do things online, you can't really get to the point of um, kicking some company, some corporation with all your data on their server out of the picture. You can't do right. that. You can't self-host every single thing that you do online. Right, right. You know, I remember, was it 2005, 2004, whenever Gmail launched, mm-hmm. I remember getting an invite. And that was back when it was invite only. You know, Gmail was not open. Yeah. And I was so excited about it, and I was so thrilled about it. And, and my now wife, then girlfriend, was in college at Meredith, and I emailed her. That was the first email I sent from Gmail. I was emailing her, hey, I got in. You know, and, and she just, you know, didn't care, which is fine. But over time, I've seen how much of my life and information is housed yeah. on a Google server. Yeah. And, 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 and with the purchase of other things like YouTube and stuff like that, I mean. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. And, and Google Drive, Google Photos, yeah. everything about me was sitting on a Google server. You know, a Federation kind of helps relieve that to some okay. extent. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you've still got to worry, well, who's, who's got your data? Yeah. Where's it sitting? Which, by the way, as far as my, my Google experience, I have recently started migrating a, you know, to Proton. Mm-hmm. Um, I went ahead and, and, and bought a Proton account, you know, moved all my Google Drive stuff over to Proton okay. Drive. Got my email moved over. And that's one of the things. Let's, you know, to get back to privacy, there's a lot of different ways, and I'm going to try to maybe cover some of them real quick. I don't know how we are on time. There's a lot of different ways that you can help make your digital life more private. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's uh, sound, to sound cheesy, to sound dumb. Privacy isn't a destination, it's a journey. Right. It, it's something where you've got to slowly move your stuff over over time because you, do, you don't want to kneecap yourself. You don't want to suddenly just cut yourself off <laughs> to all the services you need. I need yeah. my energy bills emailed to me. I need certain <laughs> yeah. things emailed to me. I can't just cut things and go. But with privacy, it's, it's a matter of, of, of just taking baby steps every day or yeah. every month or every whatever. Taking mm-hmm. little baby steps. Make yourself a little more private. Make yourself a little less known. It's a concept where you'll never, you'll never land on a particular methodology to achieve what you feel is a comfortable level of privacy. You'll, you'll never get there because, you know, I'm talking about ProtonMail today. ProtonMail, I think, is a great service. They're, they're, they're basically run out of Sweden. Mm-hmm. Um, Switzerland, I always get it wrong. I can't ever one remember. Of the, one of those countries it's, starts with an S. Yeah, it's either Sweden <laughs> or Switzerland. There's one that's very pro-privacy and there's one that's very not. So it's the pro-privacy country. I think it's Sweden. You know, I'm moving there now because I've read what they do. I've read how they house my data. I've read how they, how they deal with it in, mm-hmm. in encryption and things like that. And I like that. But that doesn't mean they'll still be that way tomorrow. Right. That doesn't mean somebody else may not come in, buy them out, and change everything. So yeah. privacy is an ever-evolving landscape. 
yeah. of, of what's private today. You know, you may go and, and just for a dumb example, you may go to Lowe's and buy the, the three hundred dollar deadbolt, you know, to put on your front door. And well, now you know, now I'm protected. Now I'm safe. Yeah. And and it is. It is the most secure, the most you know, thief preventative type deadbolt that exists. But then somebody realizes, oh well, I can you know just pop the hinges on the door and just pull the whole door off and yeah. bypass the deadbolt. You know, that's that's the world of security. A few years ago, there was a uh, huge vulnerability called heart bleed. I think about everybody heard about mm-hmm. heart bleed. You may not have known what the news guy was talking about, but you heard of heart bleed a few years ago. And and what it was is one of, one of the applications, it's really a software package or whatever, that really the, the entirety of the internet depended on, which was called OpenSSL. SSL is a way of securely transmitting data from your browser to a website, such as you're, you're going to do your banking stuff. Yeah. You don't, you don't want a man in the middle, somebody in between you and the bank online, and, and we won't go into how that happens, but you don't want them sitting there watching you log in. Yeah. You know, and getting your bank account information so they can log in. You have SSL that helps protect your browser. You will always see it as like HTTPS up mm-hmm. in the URL yeah. bar. That tells you you're secure. OpenSSL was basically the software package that was underpinning the internet and, and making SSL viable and usable and workable and the browser supported, website supported. A couple years ago, there was this huge vulnerability found that, that pretty much negated the entirety of the encryption of OpenSSL. Mm. You know, there was a couple days there where there was like, yeah, there's nothing secure on the internet anymore. Yeah. And I mean, we're talking Amazon, your bank, every, I mean, everything. Nothing mm-hmm. was secure. And so there's, there's always going to be a vulnerability that will completely change the privacy landscape. Yeah. And, and so what we all have to do is just kind of be mindful as to what we're doing and how much information are we putting out there. Are, are we keeping our computers up to date? You know, yeah. are, are we keeping up to date browsers? Are we keeping up to date operating systems? Are we possibly migrating away from certain operating systems that are not very privacy respecting? Right. I am a huge Linux fan. Yeah. Linux is a whole entire rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> but Linux is an extremely privacy respecting operating system yeah it's a secure operating system it's an operating system that uh, runs really well on very old machines mm-hmm. this is a nine-year-old laptop that i'm still okay. making use of in in the world of tech nine years is yeah that's old. i mean that's old yeah i've still got an up-to-date operating system that's doing everything that i need it to do you know it can't run microsoft office but that's okay because i don't want to run microsoft office because of you know, privacy, privacy concerns. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's office alternatives in the Linux world, mm-hmm. and I, and I guess real quick just to plug because I, I do see a clock now, so I I do see that we've been we've been going for a while. Yeah. For for those interested, I mean, you you can look at things like Linux. Um, yeah, Linux Mint. You can look at things like Pop OS, and that's Pop exclamation point underscore OS. I, I don't know why they wanted to make it difficult. And, and you can look like you look at old standbys like Ubuntu and Fedora. Ubuntu, U-B-U-N-T-U, just in case you've never seen or heard that. And Fedora, just like the hat. You know, but Linux is a, is, is a good choice, you know, especially if you have that grandson or nephew that's very technically minded that can kind of <laughs> kind of help you out. Yeah. They, they do their best, and, and, and Linux Mint does really good at mimicking that whole Windows environment of having a taskbar and a start menu and yeah. how you run things and how you do things. And, and for most of us, let's be honest, what do we do on our computers? We open up a web browser. Yeah. That's what we do, especially on home computers. Not everybody has, now a lot of people do, but not everybody has Microsoft Office on their home computers. They're, yeah. they're just popping open a web browser. And all your major web browsers run in Linux. I mean, it's yeah. the same experience. Yeah. 
you know, some people at work have, have seen me on Linux and they really don't even notice a difference sometimes. Yeah. So you have that. And with web browsers, in regards to web browsers, you can do a lot to help with your, your, your privacy, your, with your digital footprint in your browser. There's a lot of great plugins that help safeguard your information. One of them that I always plug. And there's a free version that's kind of limited. It's kind of one of those, I, I know I said earlier, if it's free, you're the product, but there's a free version uh, that kind of lets you kick the wheels a bit, but then the paid version is $10 a year, and that's Bitwarden. Yes. You should never be storing your passwords on a piece of paper in your wallet, in your purse, <laughs> under your keyboard, because it's not a hiding place. We, we will think about looking under your keyboard for passwords. You shouldn't store them on a text document on, on your desktop of, of your computer. Bitwarden is a really, really good, secure, open source, and, and that just really just means it's easy to audit. Yeah. The one thing goes against your rule of, you know, if it's free, then you're the product is maybe like uh, free and open source software might be the That's true. The That's one. true. There's a whole other discussion around that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, just, but, I'm just saying. So and I'm a fan. Confusion. I'm a fan of open source software. I try yeah. to run that as much as I can. Um, but yeah, there's Bitwarden. Bitwarden's a great password manager that will store all your passwords for you. And as you're visiting websites, it'll prompt you to autofill. What you do is you just come up with a unique, very secure one password. Yeah. And that's the only password you need to remember. There's other ones out there. There's um, LastPass. Please do not use LastPass. They have many issues. There is, um, oh, crud. It's something with Simple. Simple Pass? I think yeah, there's Simple I just, Pass. I there's just downloaded something. And I can't uh, remember what it one was. One Password, I think, is one. Out of, out of all of them, Bitwarden kind of has the best track record at it actually doing a great job and being secure and okay. keeping your stuff safe. And and they have, like I said, plugins in the web browser. So just when you're on your website, it it sort of puts your password in for you. It encrypts all your passwords locally. It never gets to the private key or should never. But you got you got Bitwarden for your passwords. Um, to help block a lot of ads on your browser, it's really weird when you first turn on a, a good, decent ad blocker and go visit your same websites, it looks like the website's broken. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's so much cruft that is now gone. I guess I guess in summation, get off Facebook, <laughs> go say hello instead in person, and um, turn your phone off because it's 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 following you every. I mean, well, of course it's following you everywhere you go. You've got it on you everywhere you go, <laughs> but they're following you as well, yeah. looking over your shoulder at everything you do. Say, think. To anything you put on the internet, think about the fact that good if if is this going to hurt me in any way? If yes. anybody in the world can see this, yeah, because we didn't even get to the point. We didn't even get to the point of, of digital stalkers. Yeah, you know, All every right. every Friday morning, I love getting my coffee, my latte. Every Friday morning, I'm posting at Facebook. Well, now your digital stalker knows where you are every Friday yeah. morning. I mean, we didn't even get to things like you that. Check. All right, so first off, thank you, Thomas, for coming on. There was a lot there, and I think we're going to have to have you back on to kind of talk some more because we didn't even, we never even got into like the individual things and like yeah, how people can use this kind of information against you, how individuals can use this information against you. So we've done a couple of these before in the past where we've talked about stuff, but we don't have that kind of that level of expertise because, hey, you know, I, I, just, I mainly just teach people how to punch people in the face. Uh, so there's that. but Which is a form of social. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They will know whether it's a thumbs up or thumbs down real quick. Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, uh, thank you very much for listening to the, this episode. If you guys are enjoying this podcast, go ahead and go over to Apple Podcasts or any podcast catcher. Rate us and please, 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 please write a review. I think she just adds more pleases every time she does it. All right, guys. So, thank you very much, and we will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.